Comics. Comics. Welcome to the Omen Comics Podcast, uh, where we talk about everything to do with Omen Comics. And uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, Irish mythology, Irish culture, and everything to do with St. Patrick's Day. Um, so today uh, we're going to be looking a little bit at how uh, Irish mythology and Irish culture impacted Omen Comics, uh, our way of kind of looking at comics, you know, maybe a little bit about our favorite Irish characters. And um, I think that especially comes into play when we start talking about uh, White Druid and Michael Nero. And in fact, in the name, uh, you can see that we deal with a lot of Druidic lore and, um, you know, these kinds of things that come from Ireland. But particularly in the character of the White Druid, uh, because he's based on an actual mythological figure, um, you know, Lou of the Long Arm. Uh, and he's actually a god um, who is pretty well known in Irish mythology. Um, he was someone who was majorly involved uh, in the battles uh, with the, between the Futuadae and the Fomorians, their ancient enemies. Uh, so you have this group of gods, and you have another group of you know kind of monstrous beings, but they're you know basically uh, similar um, in their ancient battles. There was a bit of. Overcoming with with Lou going up being half Fomorian. Yeah, I was just about to get into that um, huh. because Lou's father uh, was of the Tuatha and his mother was of the Fomorians. Um, this kind of makes Lou in many ways unique among them, um, and that's one of the things that kind of interested me was this aspect that you know he is um, basically a god of you know kings of justice of you know rulership. Um, you know, he's worshipped as a sun god, as a storm god. You know, he has all these aspects. But, you know, in addition to the more nobler things that Lou stands for and represents, um, you know, also being a healer as the white druid, he also has this monster side of him, you know, that is very much, um, you know, comes from this savage, um, you know, ancestry that he has. And so the idea of him kind of reconciling that was always kind of interesting to me approaching Lou. And also um, with his son, Colin, who is a character that we're going to see in the second issue, um, especially since he's kind of based on uh, Ku Colin, who is a, an actual mythic hero uh, in our lore. Let me hold you up just a second there. Uh, you say that, that Lou now has a, a bit of a monster side because of the, the Fomorian mm -hmm. uh, uh, heritage that he has. Mm -hmm. um, could, you, could you get into that a little bit? Like... What what kind of ways are those uh, affecting uh, how how you how you do the character and uh, parts oh. of his personality? Okay, um, Lou. For the most part, I kind of focus him on you know the two a day side because um, you know I want to kind of show that he's a little bit more um, shall we say controlled and all of that. But the reason that he is controlled comes from the Fomorian aspects, and this is why he is so guarded about. 
um, you know, the way that he acts and always trying to maintain kind of a civilized image is because he does have that fear of that side of him coming out. Um, now, sometimes he does end up needing it. And I will say that in the script to number three, um, as I have it written right now, um, he finds I, I found it kind of interesting that he kind of relates to um, a certain character <laughs> that will show up. Um, and the reason that he kind of relates to him is because he uh, has that Fomorian aspect. So he can see how this person um, deals with violence himself. There is that element of, of violence that Lou comes from. Um, because, and he's committed a lot of violence himself over the years. You know, he fought in major wars against not just the Fomorians, but um, a number of other cultures that he's lived with as an immortal over long, long years. Um, so we kind of see that he does have violent uh, moments to him, a violent side that he has to unleash at times, but it's not a side of him that he's proud of, and it's a side of him that he's trying to control. Um, and I think that that plays out in his arc uh, in a major way as well, um, particularly when we start talking about uh, the Circle of Shadows and Ezekiel. I, I got to say, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, to, to the time when uh, that that Fomorian half kind of creeps out a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I want to, I'd like to see a little bit of that, uh, you know, like when the, the elven queen was tempted by the one ring, as he, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the idea that uh, Galadriel is like, you know, the, this, you know, refined regal figure, but, you know, there's a part of her that wants to be adored and, and wants to be loved and, you know, will and if given a little bit of power, uh, you know, will you see how much she's really repressing in herself? That that's always right. interesting, and I think Louis Lou is much the same. Um, and and it, and if you look at Gandalf, Gandalf's also a kind of a good example because um, you know while he may be the wise wizard and all of this other stuff, I mean, you you see how he is with the Balrog. <laughs> you know, when he really unleashes his full power, and you know. Um, you know, his willingness to kill this creature uh, in order to save his friends. Right, right. You really see that, like, Gandalf was kind of even uh, reserved a bit before mm -hmm. that point. But, he, I mean, he stood right up to a Balrog. I mean, that was, that, yeah. yeah, that that kind of moment with Lou is going to be pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Bilbo Baggins! <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to rub you. Right, right, right. My my face would have went just like that too, yeah. just like that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that. Yeah, he's the wise wizard and he's the white druid and all of that, but you know he's not always. All right, all right. Well, uh, what kind of ways has uh, Irish culture specifically uh, influenced these characters? If uh, if you're looking at how how you're how you're going how you're doing the the story. Uh, is is Irish culture playing an influence in what you're doing there? More subtly with Lou, um, but I would say that with Cullen O'Shea, uh, Lou's son, um, who's going to be showing up, uh, that's definitely going to be there because he's definitely more of a traditional um, Irish character. And, you know, being a folk hero, I really want to um, kind of get him accurate or at least reasonably um, within bounds to the character from the myths uh, in that respect. Um, he's somebody who definitely values honor in battle. Um, he wants a, a glorious fight. You know, he loves fighting. Uh, and you're going to see that when uh, he shows up because he gets in a bra brawl. <laughs> uh, that's that's the first time that we see Colin. He's like he's drinking and fighting and having a good time. And that's Colin. 
Um, but at the same time, he's also someone who values nobility. Um, I see kind of him as kind of a uh, traveling uh, soldier of fortune up to this point. You know, he wants um, he wants a good cause to fight for. You know, he wants something that is worth fighting for, and, and that's something that he hasn't had uh, a whole lot over the centuries. Uh, so, you know, when he gets the call uh, that, you know, yeah, your dad is, uh, you know, going up against the end of the world, uh, Colin's response is, yeah, there, there's no way I'm missing out on that. I'm in on this fight. <laughs> you know? All right. You know, there's no way that you can keep me out of this, Dad. So, okay. you know, so, yeah, he's going to go in and he's going to, to help Lou, um, you know, not just, you know, because he's his father, though he does have a, a filial duty to him, um, but also because, you know, he's not going to miss out on an honorable battle, um, you know, uh, for the end of the world. Right. He I said something along the lines of the end of the world and the white druid, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but that he's you know he's a hero. I mean, he has to he has to have uh, that strength of character. Does there's a there's an interesting aspect in in Irish culture. I'm not I'm not sure if it's if, if it's all that common in many cultures, but when it comes to fighting in particular, um, they are particularly honored when they fight somebody who's considerably tougher than them, like. They could easily lose this fight, but they they stand up anyway. And uh, even if they lose, they're they're still they're still held in high honor because they stood there and fought. Yeah. Um, does that for, does that affect does that affect uh, how 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 Cullen views fighting as well? Oh, that's very much part of it. Um, I I would say that any kind of threat that he would see as being world ending. That's something that uh, Colin wants to be a part of, you know, because it gains him glory and honor and all of these things. I mean, in addition that he's doing it for the right reasons, which is, you know, he's trying to help his dad. Um, right. And, you know, so he has all those sort of things involved. Um, but I would say, yeah, I mean, the fact that, you know, going up against uh, he's looking forward to fighting opponents that he can't beat um, this. And this is a guy who, you know, in his mythic adventures, uh, you know, would always be fighting very uh, strong opponents and overcoming them, uh, right. you know, highly skilled opponents uh, like uh, the, the rival that to uh, shot Hawk, uh, who was nearly as good as she was. And, you know, he fought her and he won. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Uh, well, Cullen's clearly a drinker, but he's not the only drinker. In fact, if if I remember right, doesn't Lou actually grow wheat to make his own beer? <laughs> yes, he does. He has his own. <laughs> uh, he has he has his own distilling company uh, that well that he kind of uses mainly to sort of fund his efforts because you know uh, even an immortal god needs a certain amount of uh, cash to operate, so he does do that. I imagine that. Lou does every once in a while on occasion uh, drink from his own supply. Um, <laughs> and I would also imagine that Colin probably drinks quite heavily from that. Right, right. And you gotta you gotta imagine as far as as far as beers go, mm -hmm. when you're talking about an Irish deity making beer, mm -hmm. that that stuff's gotta sell. And it's gotta oh, yeah. sell big. <laughs> I imagine he has a, a, a few secret recipes for uh, for his beer and maybe also whiskey. Nice, nice. Do you uh, do you think that uh, at some point uh, we're going to get to see any uh, musical side to any of these characters? Like, um, 
is very is very common practice in Irish culture to say go down to the pub and and uh, play some music, sing some songs, that kind of thing. Uh, music is kind of ingrained in us. It, there's a there was a mm-hmm. saying uh, back during uh, back during uh, I think it was World War One uh, that uh, you can get you can get uh, you can't get an Irishman to talk, but uh, they will sing at the drop of a hat. <laughs> 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 that's that's kind of interesting actually um i imagine lou probably would uh one of the things that lou is known for mythologically is uh being what's called a chief olam um which is kind of the equivalent of like a bard king uh okay. so he had like he, he was kind of like considered equivalent to status to a high king but it was a position that was about being like you know a great bard or a great poet um, so I would imagine, yeah, Lou probably has done his share of singing, and and I and and I would say this is probably one of the things that binds him to Nero, uh, because you're dealing with a man who is a punk rocker, and you know, I, I imagine that they probably have uh, sung a few lines uh, every so often. I don't know um, when we would see it in the comic, but I would say I like to think that yeah, they probably go out every once in a while and you know do karaoke <laughs> or something along those lines. Right on. You think you think at some point we'll get to see some uh, poetry, be it uh, magical or or whatever, from from Lou? Um, maybe not necessarily in your own druid. Um, I think I would I would like to be able to do that, but it depends on on you know being able to fit it in. I could see it in another title though. Maybe Guardians of a Lamb. That's certainly that's that's certainly a, a title where. Um, we might see Lou occasionally, and there might be occasions for that to happen there. You know what had not occurred to me until just now? Uh, Detective Pennywise is a bit of a a bar hopper, as as you like, as I like to say, he uh, or a bar fly maybe. Mm-hmm. He he, when he's not working, he's usually drinking. Uh, that's kind of what Detective Pennywise does. And with Cullen coming to town. <laughs> I, I could see I could see let's just say I could see all four of them uh those three and Colin uh going to a bar and having a wild night <laughs> right uh, I, and I can also see Pennywise being the sort of person that needs a drink just because uh, his work uh, really gets to him it does it does he's uh we, we, I, I personally have written a pretty traumatic future for him so uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking he'll probably have uh he'll probably have uh Quite a few occasions to drink. In fact, the first time we see uh, Detective Pennywise was in Omen Number Two, mm-hmm. and he was at a bar drinking with his partner. Sounds all right. Yep, yep. Right on. Um, let's see. Before we before we uh, before we wrap up, let's talk a little bit about uh, favorite Irish characters from comics. Yeah. You had one that I was actually unfamiliar with, which I felt ashamed of because I'm such a DC fan. <laughs> but uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about this uh, this guy? Yeah, um, I'm actually not surprised, especially you know if you got in around the New 52 or, or around then, because this character uh, debuted around the 90s, and uh, that character is uh, Tommy Monahan, the star of the Hitman series. Um, this is a character that I kind of got in a little bit on the ground floor and kind of jumped in and out, but I always liked uh, the character. He was uh, actually a Garth Ennis creation. Um, and if anybody knows his Irishman, it's Garth Ennis. <laughs> um, 
but and you, and you start seeing that in a lot of his books. But with with Monahan, what I like about him is is like you know yeah he's an he's basically an assassin for hire, uh, but he's a guy with kind of a heart of gold. He's not you know somebody like uh, like Deathstroke who you know is really bad at all being the job. Um, Monahan is actually like a fun guy, and he's just you know he's in it for the paycheck. But he's also a guy uh, who cares about his friends. He always has this group that he hangs around with in an Irish pub, you know, and they play cards and they drink all the time. And you kind of right. see that he has a life like outside of uh, of being that. And he only has actually two powers. Um, you know, he has the ability to pick up surface thoughts um, and he has uh, X-ray vision. But the thing is, is like he uses them completely like in every way that Superman would not. Uh <laughs> You know, so yeah, he'll look at girls with the X-ray vision. And, yeah, yes, yes, age in appropriate ways. Yeah, but I mean that's Garth Ennis for you. I'm not surprised. Um, but you know, but I will say, and I will also say, if you can find the issue uh, where he actually talks to Superman on a rooftop, that is one of my favorite Superman-related uh, issues of all time, uh, really? because. Yeah, because all of it is about um, the idea that Tommy Monahan is an immigrant and he uh, connects to Superman because uh, Superman is an immigrant from Krypton, you know, right. and a lot of it is talking about um, what Superman, um, you know, represents at his best because Superman himself is not aware of this because, you know, he's too noble, <laughs> you know, he, he's not going to think of himself uh, in those terms. But right. Tommy will, because he is an outside viewpoint, he's very much a normal man viewpoint. And so he sits down with Superman on a rooftop, you know, and they just, you know, talk about the American dream and, you know, uh, how um, Superman at his best represents this. And uh, and then right. Superman flies off at the end and then tar Tommy uh, waits for his target to come out of hiding and then he shoots him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is the kind of stuff that Garth Ennis was doing with the character, and um, I actually I, I would like to like finish more of the series. Um, but he's a really awesome character. Uh, Ennis does do Irish characters well. Uh, one of my favorites has got to be Cassidy. Yeah, preacher. Yeah, that's another great one. Yeah. yeah, I like that he actually like uh, used the the troubles in Ireland as actually a basis of for his backstory. That was quite well done. Yes. Yes, quite well done. <clears throat> I think, I think if we're talking, uh, my favorite Irish character though is it, it's kind of a it's kind of cliche as it goes, but I, I gotta go with Matt Murdock. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the reasons I love Matt Murdock is uh, his I guess you could say it's his heart. Yeah, um, he's he's a really talented fighter. But I, I've seen Matt Murdock just get the living crap kicked out of him, and uh, he he always he, you give him, you give that guy a cause, you give that guy somebody or something to fight for, mm -hmm. and he will fight through every but broken bone that he can manage. <laughs> He's I, his father's son for sure. I mean, yes. you know that that whole boxer uh, aspect is something that kind of stuck with him. And I and the thing I like about that is is that he's always uh, tr struggling against that side of him. Like there's this part of him that really wants to do violence, that you know really you know wants uh, that never gives up, that you know really kind of wants to wail on people. But 
there's also the fact that his father told him not to be like him. So here he is trying to be a lawyer, you know, but having this boxer deep down inside him trying to get out. And I, I just love that conflict. Right. I, I love his, his utter dedication to his cause. I mean, he doesn't. Uh, so there are superheroes that have secret identities where, uh, you know, they, they have various jobs and they, they live separate lives and then they put on their costume and then they go and fight crime. Matt Murdock isn't like that. Whether he's in his Daredevil costume or whether he's in a suit, he is fighting against injustice. Yeah, I, I, I just love that aspect of him. He he's he is himself twenty four hours a day. There isn't a, a part yeah. of him like that. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who believes in the law. I mean, even though you know sometimes he he can he's kind of cognizant of the fact that the system doesn't work right. Um, so Daredevil does all the things he can't do as a lawyer. But I do kind of like the idea that you know he tries to make the system work as a lawyer, and then when it doesn't work, you know that's when the red suit comes out and and the ninjutsu comes out, you know, and he starts beating the crap out of supervillains. Right. I, I I really I really love that I really love that aspect of him. Uh, I, lo I love that he's kind of like you were saying. It's almost like a, uh, almost like a checks and balances kind of thing where yeah. uh, he he's trying to support this 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 legal system and go about it the the right way. But there are simply times, as the Punisher always likes to point out, that that just simply does not work. Yeah, as the Punisher loves to remind him every time they fight. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good stuff. Well, uh, are you doing anything for St. Patrick's Day? Um, I hadn't really thought about it. It's still kind of a little bit off for me, but... Um, it's I will way, man. <laughs> <laughs> I never planned that far ahead, uh, to quote Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I don't know. It's... Given kind of like that we're still kind of dealing with uh, the virus around here, uh, I don't know how much I'll go out. But, you know, if I do, I'll probably watch some uh, Irish movies. Uh, you know, it seems like a good time to bring out John Wayne. Right, right. Uh, you know, uh, a good one to watch is uh, Michael Collins with... Uh, hmm. uh, Liam Neeson? Is... No, uh, Michael Collins with... Um... The guy from Gangs of New Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis. I don't know why I confuse those two. Ah, uh, that 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 is a good movie to watch on on St. Patrick's Day. If there's anybody that can play a superb Irishman, it is Daniel Day Lewis. Right, and he does it. He does it well. I was I was blown away by his performance. Anyway, just a thought. Uh, I think I'm probably gonna I'm, I'm gonna drink beer for like my once a year when I do it. <laughs> Yeah. Listen to some Dropkick Murphys, you know, maybe yeah. a little Real McKenzie's and uh, call it a day, probably. Sounds pretty good. All right. Well, uh, thanks for thanks for listening and uh, thanks for chatting with me, Steve. Yep. And uh, I guess uh, we will chat at you guys later. Yep. See you next time. I hope you've had fun hanging out with us today on ORP. I know that Steve and I have had fun making this episode. If you've had fun too, we invite you to share this episode and help us get the word out. For our Spotify listeners, we ask you to please rate our show as well. That can really help to grow our audience. But to all our listeners everywhere, we want to say thank you for listening and we'll see you in two weeks.